everybody, it's Rob McCoy, and uh, tonight's live stream is coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, and behind me are some student activists. Uh, they're amazing young people. They've done more in their lifetime than many of us have, well, they've done more in their short lifetime than many of us have done in our long lifetime. And uh, each of them uh, have committed themselves to come and work for a conservative cause. And I wanted you to meet them. Um, I'm going to let you just know me. Let's go by first name. That'll make it easier because folks aren't going to remember. So just tell me your first name. Tell them where you're from and um, kind of what happened today. Because you guys, all of you were at the Protect the Vote uh, rally out at the Maricopa County Clerk's Office. Because uh, that, that count, especially with Fox News calling it early, it's coming down to, gosh, it'll be under 10,000 votes, I think. It's, it's getting uh, to be a nail-biter. And we're watching all the shenanigans across the country. Georgia, and they're just finding votes underneath everything. And um, then they're losing all the military votes. I don't know what's going on there. And then you got Pennsylvania. Uh, how many more do they need? Oh, look, we found some more. And they're all, you know, every everywhere uh, across the country, every major city across the country is a landslide for Trump. But in those three uh, states and those major cities, uh, unbelievable landslide for uh, Vice President Biden. So uh, there's there's some weird things happening and uh, still waiting for them to call North Carolina, which doesn't make any sense. And all this is taking place. And you have these young people who have poured their heart and soul into this election. Everyone behind me has walked precincts. Uh, they have committed themselves as citizens of this country to take time uh, from their work to go and and pursue these conservative concerns and causes. And here we are, they're, they're looking at this and it's critical for them. So Olivia, you go first and then we'll just go down the line. So share with the folks where you're from and what you experienced today. You were out there, weren't you? Yeah, I uh, went out there early this morning. So yeah, my name's Olivia, uh, born and raised here in Arizona. Arizona conservative and so we went ASU to ASU too yeah went to college here too Sun Devils <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah we went out this morning I mean my family was there I actually ran into a bunch of people from high school as well that I actually hadn't seen in like five years um, and it's just been great to really see the whole community rally around and I think even just maybe no matter where this goes you know there is an importance of showing that you're showing your face, raising your voice, and just showing people that, you know, you are present and you care about this country or, and about the state specifically. Um, but it was just so great to see people there and pray together. I mean, we sang the national anthem and just to rally around each other. Yeah. And rally around our state. It was, that's, that's important. And just continuing to do that and continuing to speak out and to not just take everything and sit back quietly and say, well, that's it. Yeah. The hat and go home. So. Yeah. Regardless of the outcome, you're still doing what you're doing. Yes. Nothing's changing. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's keep going. All right. Hey, y'all. My name's Jasmine. Oh, wait a minute. Hi, y'all. My <laughs> name's Jasmine. Where, where, where are you from? New York? <laughs> no, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Oh, cut my legs off. Call me shorty. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was out 
there today too, and we're really just out there protecting our freedoms and our one of our most important freedoms, ones that we have people who are fighting to protect for us every single day, which yeah. is our freedom to vote. And we're out there protecting our freedom for a free and fair election, and that is really the most important part. It does not matter the outcome of this election, um, who wins, but we want it to be free and fair. Yeah. You go, girl. All right. I see you hiding behind me there, Bianca. Come on. Where are you from? Who are you? Tell them. Okay, so my name is Bianca. I'm from Puerto Rico. Wait, un, un momento, por favor. Okay. <laughs> Bianca con V or B? Con, con, con V. Con V. With a V, not a B. <laughs> You're wondering, because I'm a maestro at Espanol. <laughs> All right, Bianca, tell us now you're from Puerto Rico. Yes, okay. and um, I moved here three years ago, went to ASU, um, and I'm working with a conservative organization. And yeah, I was at the rally today. It was really powerful, it was really moving. I think that the message that the left is trying to portray about us has always been very false, and I've very tried to you know, even just talk to the Hispanics and, and tell the Latinos, we're, we're very much alike. Like, we're very conservative to the core. Yeah. Very Christian, very Catholic, just, you know, all these things, pro-life. And today represented a different, just like a culture of different types of people from all over the, you know, all over the, that, are, that are in agreement that we need to change things. Yeah, and there's people from all over the country. And all over yeah. the country, yeah. Which really surprised me. Um but it was necessary, and it proved that we don't need to go rioting and looting any businesses to get our message across. And I didn't see you guys wearing any Antifa masks today. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no, you know we're not we're not for that. So that was that was probably the best part. Is like it was very peaceful. Awesome. All right. Mm-hmm. What's that? So we don't need to hide either. Yeah, that's right. We're proud of what we do. Okay. Bing! Okay, this is my turn. <laughs> my name's Reagan. Um, I'm originally... Wait, from... wait, 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 wait. Like the president? Oh, yeah. R-E-A-G-E? Yeah, shut up. Yeah. My, so my mom... I, my... Let me guess. Your parents were conservative. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> and my mom, my nickname at home is Reaganomics. So well, there you go. Yeah, okay, so... okay, okay. And his honor. <laughs> um, Exactly. Um, so I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is northwest Louisiana, kind of like everybody says it's East Texas because it's so far north. <laughs> any are, any, uh, any Cajun in you? Um, I'm sure somewhere down the line. Yeah. But you um, like red beans and rice? Oh yeah, absolutely. Jambalaya, gumbo, all the things. Jambalaya, crawfish <laughs> pie, Philly gumbo. Because <laughs> tonight I'm gonna see my Michelle. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Richard. <laughs> So I moved to Phoenix, Arizona this summer, um, and I've you know always been passionate about politics. I've always been passionate about our country, and um, I think you know what we've seen these last four years specifically um, is is pretty big as far as the way the conservative movement has been united. Um, you, you look at the demographics of people who are now involved with the yeah. conservative mo- movement. You have people from all walks of life. You have, you know, black people, Hispanic people, white people. Um, you have Asians. Asians. Yeah. You have uh, people from the LGBTQ community. You yeah. have Christians. You have atheists. I mean, the, the demographics have just expanded so much. And I think that really speaks to how important it is that, um, you know, we we do go back to our roots, that we do um, hold the Constitution to be, you know, the highest uh, standard highest standard for our country and for the future of our country. And so um, today we attended the um, Protect the Vote rally 
here in Maricopa County. And um, kind of like Olivia said, you know, it's been really cool to see everyone unite and see people still celebrating our country and, and yeah. wanting fairness because this is something that people on both sides of the aisles should care about, that there's integrity in our system and integrity in our election. Yeah. And so that's what we want. You know, win or lose, whatever the outcome, we want to be able to say this, this is this is what truly happened. This is what the people wanted and, and we'll carry forward um, whatever way it ends up. Hey, you're not going to quit. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. All right. Now, I, I know you because you've been to our church. I, I think your name is Elizabeth. Possibly. <laughs> Hello. My wait, wait, wait. It's official. Uh, just want everybody to know she's dating my son. <laughs> and I'm not saying that like I'm bummed out because... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how the boy did so well, but then again, people say that about me with Michelle. Right. So. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so sweet. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Lizzie. Okay, um, I'm Elizabeth, and I was also I'm from Santa Barbara, California, and I'm now living in Phoenix, Arizona. But I was also at the Protect the Vote rally today, and something that I was honestly surprised by is how many people turned out. And I think the reason is because at such like short at such short notice, on such short yeah. notice too, and people were driving from. We actually ran into people from your church that yep. were there. There was people driving out from Nevada. I don't know, a ton of neighboring states, and I was honestly surprised because I feel like the media was trying to really suppress the idea that this voter fraud isn't real, that they're counting everything legally and all this stuff, and it's so evident that people disagree, that they understand that there is voter fraud happening, they are trying to steal this election, and it made me so happy to see that people were just showing up, rallying around this, and they are willing to stand up and fight and not just take what the media is telling them. And I think it's setting the standard that we're not going to let them steal the election and set the standard that you can steal every election from here on out because we're not a third world country. We do free fair and free and fair elections and we need to keep it that way. Yeah, we're gonna fight so, for that. Exactly. So I'm glad that people are showing up and I'm so proud that there was what, probably hundreds, maybe close to a thousand or more people ready to fight for this. Yeah. And I'm I'm tell them they already know because but your grandpa, Joseph Bondarenko, yeah. um, he spent 23 hours a day in solitary confinement in the Ukraine, yeah. uh, held there by the KGB because uh, he witnessed a nation implode and what happened to religious liberties and voting and all that stuff. And, and it, was, it was told to him that his family wouldn't survive, that he wouldn't survive. And I remember that Sunday when your grandpa preached, and man, what a sermon that was. He was giving a warning to America. And then at the end, the thing that blew me away is not only did his wife come up, who's your grandmother, uh, they, they came up, and then all of their kids and all the grandkids, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, our great-grandkids, am I correct? Oh, well, my kind sister's of, going to have the grandkids. There, okay, so we're, we're pro-life in yeah. the womb, that works, <laughs> boom! <laughs> Um, and, and you all began to sing in harmony and it was just such a beautiful testimony that even in the midst of unbelievable odds, you don't quit, you don't quit yeah. and you're going to look back and you know, I have been young and I have been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their children begging bread. So if you're out there and you're older and you're disappointed, I want you to look behind me. These young people have a bright future. They're fighting for it. You do the same. And I wanted to share with you what they've accomplished because through the organization they work with, the amazing things have happened across the country. I wanna show you this first slide and take a look at this. Trump won the highest share of non-white vote of any Republican since 1960. I think it was Olivia who pointed that out. And the exit poll showed that this is a complete tapestry of America. 
black, brown, yellow, white, all incorporated in this unbelievable turnout. He had a landslide in every major city, in every major state across the country, except for those that are being contested, which interestingly enough, are being held by Democrat governors, and it is a train wreck. Also, uh, another interesting thing to note in this next slide is every GOP candidate that flipped a Democrat House seat is either a minority, a woman, or a veteran. So there you go, that's even more of what they've been stating behind me, and these folks are savvy. Uh, they've been working precincts. They know what they're talking about. These are young people that are working to preserve the union. They're working to preserve the republic because this is a, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and it requires participation of the citizenry. The reason why they're getting away with what they're getting away with in Philadelphia is because there's not enough poll uh, watchers. And not, granted, they're not the, the few that were there are not being permitted to go in, but across the country, people just don't volunteer and participate in the process anymore. This is a government that requires participation, uh, participation of its citizenry. So take a look at this next slide. Uh, these folks weren't in Colorado. Colorado once was a very conservative state, but you can see here that Proposition 114 was to restore gray wolves. And that won uh, a little over 50% of the vote, but just below it, Proposition 115 was to ban late-term abortions. Well, they turned that down. So they want to protect wolves, but kill babies in the last trimester of their life, late term. And, and I don't even want to go through the details, but it's graphic. And many people seem to look at this country right now and trying to figure out a roadmap and what do we do because it didn't go the way I wanted and you're going through depression and yet behind me are smiles and optimism. And all of you are looking at the country like this, but the reality, that's not what the country looks like. There's hope ahead of us. But we will show you some of the shenanigans that are going on across the country. I mean, take a look at this slide. Uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overruled the Commonwealth Court ruling favoring the Trump campaign to watch the mail-in ballot count in Philadelphia. Uh, they, they wouldn't allow transparency. They wouldn't allow them to come in and watch the count. That's not what these young people behind me are fighting for. They're fighting for a nation that is honest and a vote that is legitimate. And so if you're wondering if there's fraud, there is. Just turn off all of the network stations. Uh, tune in to, what, Newsmax, Breitbart, watch Charlie Kirk on his live stream. He's been on endlessly. I think the man's been operating on four hours sleep in the last three days. But the data comes to us almost two hours before the networks even think about covering it. Uh, take a look at this. Michigan. Uh, a whistleblower, and this was from Veritas, uh, James O'Keefe, a whistleblower detailed directive from Superiors, a United States postal worker, to backdate late mail in ballots as received November 3rd uh, to 2020 so that they are accepted. He was told to separate them from the standard letter mail so they can hand stamp them with yesterday's date and put them through. And he's on record. He's given all of his identification. If that's not provable voter fraud, I don't know what is. And then we have Kimberly Strassel. This is not a fly-by-night, uh, weird fringe. This, this lady is a solid investigator. Her point is her analysis, seven Milwaukee wards report more 2020 presidential votes than registered voters. Biden nets 146,000 votes in city, Milwaukee city. If that's not voter fraud, I don't know what is. 
And just take a look at this. Fascinating. Wisconsin voter turnout by year. 67, 73, 69, 70%. That was Obama. And then you drop in to uh, 2016, 67%. And sleepy Joe Biden, who was in his basement and could get about 50 cars at a rally, somehow managed to get the turnout in Wisconsin to almost 90%. Cut my legs off again and call me shorty. <laughs> so we'll go to this next one. Uh, here is further evidence of voter fraud. Obama won a landslide election in 2008 with 68 million votes. This was the highest ever. Nobody had come close or had breached 70 million until Trump got a landslide amount of 68 million. And somehow, Biden is the first man to cross the 70 million mark. Where was this silent majority? Obviously not at his poorly attended rallies. Numbers don't lie. This is the 30 million mail-in ballots that were sent out and distributed through the swing states that actually only ended up in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada. All right, so while we were asleep that night of the election, it just happened uh, that uh, Michigan found 138,339 ballots. And we also saw what happened in Wisconsin. So both Michigan and Wisconsin have vertical lines where Biden votes are injected in. Take a look at this. While you were sleeping, the state race in Michigan, boom, you can just see that straight line up, that blue line. It's just this gradual curve with Trump and it's kind of jittery with Biden. And then overnight while you were sleeping, right through the roof, straight up, vertical. And the same thing happened in Wisconsin, straight up, vertical. And uh, that screams a voter fraud. So much so that the Biden campaign has now embraced it as their new campaign logo. So take a look at that. That is the stunning move. Joe Biden has updated his campaign logo. And as you can see, that F there at the end of the campaign logo is for fraud. <laughs> and then we go to this slide. We have uh, Georgia, 99% reporting, President Trump 49.4, Joe Biden 49.3. Now these are older and now we've seen that that has changed overnight. And now Joe Biden is now in the lead. And I've heard rumor that they've lost the 8,000 military ballots somewhere. They just can't find them. And it's within the margin. And you're listening to the previous Governor Perdue saying that this, this, has, this is fraudulent and there needs to be a recount. And so uh, it's a governor, it's a Republican legislature. They better call for that. And it's time for investigation. Same thing in Pennsylvania. These Republicans better do their jobs. Uh, take a look at this slide. Scribner News, Trump's lead narrowing in Georgia. Of course, we know that that changed. Uh, Biden was ahead in Nevada. That lead, I think, may have increased. I'm not sure, but they found tens of thousands of votes of great concern and uh, some areas where uh, they're looking into. Uh, they've already brought over 3,000 criminal complaints to the Attorney General, 3,061 that I was told. Uh, Trump still leads in North Carolina and somehow they're still on vacation and don't want to call that for the president. And Pennsylvania has now turned to Biden. So you can see, as I put this together yesterday, these numbers have radically changed. And then we come to this, they're refusing to call Georgia, North Carolina, and Alaska because they don't want Trump to be visibly close. And of course, Georgia, they somehow managed to find more votes. And every time they said they had enough, they found some more. North Carolina still hasn't been called. I think they finally called Alaska, at least I hope so, but they didn't want that optic. And um, 
I'll skip by this one. I, I was truly thinking that if they'd done it correctly on the night where all the true ballots had been counted, it was Trump 269, Biden 253. But now we come to this. Look at this. These are the optimistic things that these young people behind me have accomplished by all their diligent hard work and effort. 416 House races appear decided. Democrats have 212. Republicans have 204 um, plus 10. 19 seats remain, GOP lead in 10. And to win 218 and the House majority, GOP would need to win all the districts they are leading in, plus California 25, Georgia 7, Pennsylvania 17, and Utah 4. So for those of you out there that are so disappointed and so overwhelmed and so discouraged because you thought that this was going to be four more years of Trump and you could relax and not have to participate in a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, well, it didn't quite go the way you wanted. And as you call your pastors of the churches that are closed and you tell them of your consternation and your sadness, the pastor usually responds with a line by saying, um, God is still in control no matter uh, who wins the election. I've heard that, as you can see in this slide. So many people have said that. It just seems like platitudes. God's in control no matter who wins the election. Yes, we know. God is in control. He's always in control. God was in control during slavery. God was in control during Hitler. God was in control when the Pharaoh would not let the people go, and God is going to be God regardless. That message can come off as apathetic and dismissive to our American reality. God is in control, but people still have control, free will, and power over other people's lives. And some people right now are trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And these young people are fighting for life. They're fighting for freedom. They're fighting for truth. They are active. Faith without works is dead. Don't give me your platitudes that God is in control and no matter who wins. That is decided by your effort. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia, my public square. You will engage and you will establish, the, as it says in Galatians 3, the law that will point people to Christ and keep them safe until faith comes. And I'm almost finished here, folks. I want you to take a look at this next slide. This is the way you respond to people with those silly platitudes that God is in control and somehow they get to be apathetic and dismissive. Yes, I partly agree, of course, saying God is in control as an excuse for apathy or disobedience, however, that is sinful. But saying God is in control as a comfort in the midst of chaos is absolutely appropriate and right, and I've done that many a time. God's sovereignty isn't a reason for complacency, but it is our reason for serenity in the midst of this complexity. Um, these young people, they have God's peace. They know he's in control. But they also know that they're instruments of righteousness to accomplish that on this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They work hard, and it's about time all of us do the same. And then if you realize this, and Elizabeth, you understand this, at least your grandpa knows it. Uh, Joseph Stalin was the one who made his life a living hell. And um, <laughs> Joseph Bondarenko is still alive, but sure. Joseph Stalin, mm, he's warm dirt. And this is what Joseph Stalin said. Those who cast votes decide nothing. Those who count the votes decide everything. I want to leave you with one last thought. And this is Thomas Paine. Uh, December 1776, it was July, excuse me, it was December 23rd, 1776. Washington troops, Valley Forge, they were freezing. The conscriptions for the Continental Army would be up. They had lost every single battle 
They had already signed their death certificate by signing, signing the Declaration of Independence, something the world had never known, that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among those being life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness or virtue. They said, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary, it's our right and our duty to push back. And so they wrote this set of grievances, this declaration of independence, pulling away from the king. And at the end of it, they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And on signing that on July 4th, 1776, they realized that they were all probably going to hang and they'd lose everything. And there they were in Valley Forge after having signed that and losing every battle in 1776 with a remnant of Washington's Continental Army, a third of them dying of dysentery. Another third didn't even have boots. They had to wrap their feet in burlap sacks because they didn't have boots. And as they mustered the remaining two-thirds of the Continental forces that were outgunned and outmanned, they marched 11 miles in the most miserable snowstorm in eastern seaboard history. And the only casualties that, that day were the two Continental soldiers who froze to death when they crossed the Delaware. And on December 25th, when everyone else was at home opening gifts, these soldiers of liberty took on the Hessians. They'd already inoculated themselves to smallpox. They expected a fifth of their population to die, including their families. But they inoculated themselves, exposed themselves to the virus, not to protect liberty, but just for the ability to fight to obtain it. And here we have it. And we're unwilling to even fight for liberty. And so these continental forces secured a victory that day that turned the tide of the war. And of course, here we are 244 years later in a nation that has had more Nobel Peace Prize winners, more symphonies, more patents, more inventions, more wealth accumulation than any other nation on the face of the earth. If you fly in an airplane, that's because an American invented it. If you go to a city where there's a skyscraper, that's because an American invented the elevator. And if that skyscraper's in the desert, that's because an American invented the air conditioning. And you're seeing us today through this because an American invented the internet. It wasn't Al Gore. And all of this is because we've had freedom. Freedom is obtained by liberty. Liberty is doing what, what's right no matter what you're facing. And the optimism of these young ladies behind me, that's liberty. They're optimistic in the midst of this fight with their hearts being broken and they're not quitting. They want their future to be bright. And it's about time we have already exercised our apathy. It's about time we start exercising our liberty. And so folks awaken to this. Quit being dis discouraged. What, what did you think was going to happen? Everything was going to be magical after the election? The minute they signed that Declaration of Independence... They lost everything. The same thing happened in the Civil War, and I don't have time to go through all of it, but you know the stories of those who have bled and died to secure what it is you're enjoying right now and what these young people are fighting for. They need to look at you and see you with hope. And so it's time we start standing and doing more. We're not quitting. This is a great nation. It's not over. Stop it. Stop acting that way. Roll up your sleeves and get back to work. You see, the thing that inspired the Continental Forces on the 24th, when Washington had to muster a discouraged, sickened, ill-equipped army with the last vestige of fight they had in them, is he passed around a pamphlet called The American Crisis. It was written by Thomas Paine. 
And these words, as I have quoted them often, these are the times that try men's souls. A summer soldier and a sunshine patriot will in this season shrink from the duty of their country. But those who support it now, those are the ones that deserve the love and respect of all men and women. And then he'd go on to say at the conclusion of it, and I give this to you tonight. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered, yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. So folks, listen, give it all you got. Okay, so you didn't win this battle, but we're gonna win this war. Roll up your sleeves, ask God, what do you want me to do? Every one of these people uh, behind me, I'll tell you what, they're at work already today and they're gonna be at work tomorrow. And, and the day after the election win or lose or after the election certified, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna do the same thing they did before the election. They're going to work and strive for liberty. If they don't inspire you, you need to go to a doctor because I think you're dead. <laughs> all right. Well, God bless you all. Um, and so I'm gonna read to you out of number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Say goodbye, ladies. Bye. <laughs>